Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. <laughs> I'm Rainy. Happy Tuesday. Tuesday. Welcome back, everybody. Rainy. We hope everybody had a wonderful week. Yes. yes Corinne. What's up with you? Oh, you know, guys, um, I uh, got out of quarantine on Monday. So just living in my uh, parents' house. Mm-hmm. Not in my bedroom, because my bedroom has become a <laughs> But I am in a bedroom um, filled to the roofs with early 2000s, like late 90s paraphernalia and clothing of my sisters that my parents refused to throw out. I'm in a Gen Z's dream right now. <laughs> that was the joke I made, that you should go through it all and look for some really trendy clothing right now. It would be great if my middle sister wasn't a size double zero. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe um, I could wear like a pair of jeans like around my arms, but that's it. <laughs> like make it into a weird shawl. One arm, arm in each p- pant leg. Those like, actually those are in right now. It was like weird, like only arm. I fucking sweaters. hate that. Yeah. I think there's like some at Zara right now. I'm just like not into it. Yo, that could be a fast five topic. Five fashion trends that I can never get on board with. Yes. Let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> For next month. For next month. Yes, yes. Coming soon <laughs> next June. <laughs> uh, how is it May? I know. How is it May? I don't know. I was thinking about this um, having to do with like working hopefully soon um that if I have if like the Ontario is planning on doing an announcement on the 20th right whether the stay-at-home order happens or not and then if restaurants get to re like patios get to open again and then I was like oh okay cool and then in three weeks I have to go home for my sister's wedding for 10 days and Alberta's like the worst right now Alberta's worse than any of the provinces I've heard yeah it's the worst in North America there's the highest number of COVID cases per 100,000 people in the entire continent. Wow. Um, (laughs) If you want to feel bad about your life, know that uh, New York is selling tickets for Broadway shows starting August 1st. They're fully reopening in July. Yeah. They're just throwing everything to the wind. I mean, they're pop, they're like vaccinated. A lot of people are vaccinated. I get it. I mean, how many people though? I thought it was only like 40%. Mm. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. But I will say that more people are fully vaccinated than here. Like we have, I think Canada has like 30% with one shot. I think they have like 40 with both. Yeah. Share of people who've uh, received at least one dose. Israel, United States, 44%. Canada. Where's Canada on this? We're not even on the chart probably. (laughs) <laughs> good I thought we were... I don't you know I don't so know why is, why is this fucking chart not alphabetical what's going on here who organized this you know I don't know if you know this Corinne but I've been keeping my ear to the ground and I've noticed that Canada may be a little bit behind in vaccinations <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes oh it's only showing the countries that are like clicked on no I want Okay, okay, there we go. Log. Linear. Okay, here it is. Okay. 
Canada, as of the 6th, has 36% of its population with one dose. U.S. has 44% of its population with one dose. But they're saying, I was, and I only know this because I was listening to an episode of The Daily, that herd immunity with the variants will only be reached at like 80%. Yeah, I heard And what's that happening morning. in the States a lot right now is people are not getting their second dose because they don't think they need it. Interesting. Like, there's been a big drop off in second dose appointments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Which I don't know what that's about, but... I also think we need to, like, remember that, like, when we're talking about, like, Broadway and shows opening, though, like, you know, um, New York is a primarily Democratic state. Mm. Um, they have been, like, what they assumed was herd immunity, basically, for a long time. And that a lot of people there does not estimate the entire country's population of vaccinated people. Like, New York's, no. I think, vaccination population is actually up from that. Totally. You're just looking at the city in it, or the state in itself. Yes. And what will happen probably is if the entire country doesn't get vaccinated at a rate of 80% is that we'll still see pockets of outbreaks where vaccination rates are really low. Totally. Where there's been people didn't, like that don't want to get vaccinated. Yes. But anyway, anyway, no more vaccine talk. We're done. I'm getting so like over talking about it. How are we all feeling? Are we on a back <sighs> like a COVID vaccine? It's starting to like hurt my brain a little bit every time it comes up. I know we need to keep talking about it, but it's just, you know. I think, I think we need to talk about it in ways that are, like, helping to reduce vaccine hesitancy. Because, wow, what are you doing with your hair? I was just, I literally just finished saying, I was just kind of, like, internally laughing because I just said, I'm tired of hearing about vaccines. And then you went in to go and do another numbers monologue about vaccines. No, just, I did not say a number at all. I was just like, we need to, like, if people want to talk about it, it should be in ways that are helpful to people that are, like, hemming and hawing about whether they should get a vaccine or not. Right. That's all. No, totally. Get a vaccine. Yeah. And if get you're, like, jab. scared because you don't understand, then there's the, those researchers should be easily available to you. That's all. I concur. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but to continue to, like, bitch and complain about it forever is, like, yeah. Totally. You know, we can, yeah. only, we can only do that for so long. <laughs> and, and so long was exactly 16 months. <laughs> we've just been like, it's just kind of hilarious that we've been in. It's, I'm just having a moment where I'm realizing how long. <laughs> so long. It's so ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anything else new, Corinne? What's popping? Um, um, what's popping? Um, I finished the entire series of Sex and the City in a very short mer- period of time. You did. I'm impressed. It did not age well. No. No, no, no. It did not age well. None of those characters are full-fledged characters. Mm-hmm. And there's very problematic, there's tons and tons of problematic things that happen in every single episode that just make me cringe. Yeah, my argument is that Carrie is one of the most selfish characters on TV. Oh. Yeah. Yes. 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 And the fact that we're still making movies about this character is is really, really... And listen, I watched all the Sex and City movies, like, you know, three months ago. Three months ago. Yeah. And when they came out. And I, 
I, it was funny to watch them because she's not as selfish as she was in the TV show. Yeah. But she's still pretty selfish. Yeah. A little bit of like narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, totally. Very self-centered. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I was trying to figure out who my favorite character was the other day and I was really couldn't do it because I'd be like, oh, I, you know, I really like Samantha because she's like so independent and blah, 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 blah. But then she's also like not very progressive. You know, like there's that episode where there's the um, trans men outside of her or trans women, excuse me, outside of her apartment window. And they just call them trannies the whole time. And it's like and she they're not she's not very progressive towards bi people, you know. Yeah. Um, It's like female empowerment, but they still like bitch and complain about women the whole time. You know, they're not like they're you know what I mean? How old is she supposed to be in that series? She must be like in her 40s, 40s, right? Yes. She's 10 years older than the other women, I thought. Right. Mm. You know? And, like, the yeah. one episode where Carrie dates a bi man and they just, like, completely don't think bi people exist. It's, like, just a stopover to gay town. Totally. I was like, oh. I mean, I know it's the early 2000s, but really? Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> Let's just hope that the writers have evolved I know. from then as they move into this third movie that they're making. Without Kim Cattrall, right? She's not in it. Yeah, yeah, because she hated it. <sighs> anyway, this isn't a, a recap of Sex in the City podcast. We just want to let you guys know our opinions. <laughs> it's I've been so bored in Toronto that that's all I have to talk about right now. <laughs> you do you, girl. You do you. I am so sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, for those keeping track, I'm in Manitoba. I've been teaching. I quarantined for two weeks. I've been teaching for a week and I find out tonight if Manitoba's going into a stay-at-home lockdown. So, you know, just an all around <laughs> tens, tens, tens across the board. <laughs> oh no. And by tonight, she means Friday the 7th. Yeah. So if this is out on Tuesday, hit me up. Let me ask me if I'm uh, in full quarantine lockdown in Manitoba now. Cause uh, yeah, I could be. <laughs> God damn it. What a dream come true. Uh, anyway. Else, what is life? What is life? Um, we have to send a big thank you. Yes. We have a new Patreon. And if you are not a Patreon, head on over to our Patreon account and subscribe. Rob. We have a friend, a pal named Rob. <laughs> thank you to Rob for joining our Patreon team. Um, if you're still confused about what patreon is or you're just like oh this is the first time i hear i'm hearing about it because you're new here um patreon is a online platform where we provide exclusive content to people that join with patreon you get access to the video footage from our podcast so you'd be able to see us you'd be able to see the guests you'd be able to see you know people's facial reactions um things we laugh again at you get behind the scenes content um, of little videos of uh, things that we make, photo shoots, um, dance films, pictures. You get um, an exclusive five on five video every month on the fifth where we break down our top five or five things. And you get another, a whole bunch of other content. Yeah, we're definitely posting there at least once a week, if not twice. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, and that content is only available to the people that subscribe. And yeah, you can subscribe from anywhere from a dollar to $25 a month. Yeah. And even if you're not interested in any of that shit, I get it. But like, 
it still costs money. Like we still have to pay for a hosting site and microphones and stuff. So if you've been a long time, you know, listener, a secret admirer, a vampire in the shadows of being on ours is fucking killing me, <laughs> please give us your money because <laughs> it costs money to run this show. Yes. But thank you for supporting us in any way you know how. We really appreciate it. We do really appreciate it. Um, and just know that everything that goes into the Patreon page goes right back into the podcast and not yeah. to pockets of uh, No, 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 no. Definitely yes. not. not. It actually goes into paying um, our, it goes into paying our junior producer, Devin. It um, goes into, you know, our websites, our hosting site fees, uh, our microphones, everything we just said. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. This week we have Lauren Mann. Woo! We have our a lovely musician on who we haven't had in a long time. Yeah, Lauren God. is so lovely and Bab. Um, Lauren is awesome. We met her through a mutual friend. She uh, released her album kind of like right when COVID was happening called Second Sight. Yep, she re- released um, a single called Dark Matter um, kind of throughout the pandemic and then she recently released a new single called moving through the motions which is fantastic the perfect morning song to listen to while you're making making your coffee and i really appreciate this conversation with lauren because she's pretty candid super candid it was like very vulnerable it was very easy yeah she was the best she is the best um so let's get going please let us hit us up if you um have any questions leave us a review Rate us top five stars for exclusive content. Go to our Patreon, check out on Instagram. Thank you all and stay tuned. Here we go. My name is Lauren Mayer. I'm a songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, actor, and music educator in Toronto. Um, Lauren, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. We're so excited. We were at, well, we were part of an event kind of together. Mm-hmm. where we like met you I think I had met you before but um like through Robin yeah but we were at an event um and I guess Gal Pals was hosting and you played there I did that feels like a really long time ago it's so funny yeah. that we're talking about this event right now because I was literally going through my phone yesterday and I was like obviously got that really annoying notification where it's like your iCloud storage is full and you like go through your old photos. You're like, what can I delete? And like one of the first places I landed was actually that party. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was like photos from the party. And I was like, Oh man. I mean, it was, it was a lovely event. Um, It's just crazy how much has changed since then. Yeah. But uh, you know, I miss, uh, I miss people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I miss places. I miss people. Yeah, it's just been like, it's been a lot. It's been, you know, it's been, quarantine has been a lot for everybody. Yeah. Um, which actually kind of brings me into like one of my first questions because you are a singer, songwriter, musician, um, yeah. teacher, all of the, all of the <laughs> labels artists call themselves. It's like always such like, a, it feels like I'm just like a word jamble whenever it's I a describe cacophony. myself. It's a cacophony. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. the perfect word for it. <laughs> you're like in your bio, you're just like throwing in cool words. You're like, this one sounds cool. I know. And then I'm like, when is it too much? Like when, yeah. you know, like, should I stay in one lane? I don't know. Or yeah. Do, when do you switch over to interdisciplinary artists and that's yes, it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true but that word has so much like 
depth to it as well that feels like I don't know for some reason I you I, you feel like it's still quite vague interdisciplinary but anyway yes. um so we've been in quarantine obviously for a long time how have you your new song that you just released I was listening to it like all morning oh it's not just released <laughs> but I was listening to it um and did you write it because of while in quarantine and like yeah what have to do with that yeah totally um yeah. It was sort of a bit of a honestly it was it was it was an experiment because uh when I when I did my EP we did record some aspects of it here at uh, at our studio at home um some of the actually all of the strings were recorded here the violin viola cello um but I don't know I just wanted to write like you know a depression bop um so to speak <laughs> uh just because uh you know things were feeling pretty bleak it was the end of the year and uh you you sort of have to force yourself to live day to day um because if you start to think too much into the future i think uh it's just really anxiety inducing and that was sort of like the uh mm -hmm. the um the idea behind that song Getting through, getting through each day is hard. And it's weird because the days feel short and they also feel like they're going on forever and like what is time and <laughs> time is fake and, you know, dates are fake and, and all that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely wrote, uh, writ written and recorded in quarantine for sure. Yeah, that was moving through the motions. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have... So you released this one single. Is it part of a larger album that's to come that was written through like all through quarantine or was it just like No, you, you just know, I think that's my that's my single. I had never released like a standalone single. But mm -hmm. that's a really good question because going forward I think uh I do want to make another album um or like you know longer EP or what have you. Um yeah. And I think what I'll probably do with that is is release a couple of singles and then put them towards a, a bigger project. Um, right. And I do have some ideas about that. Um, you know, I, I might, I, I, I'm thinking, I mean, I'll just say, you know, like, it's not a secret. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I've toyed with the idea of doing kind of more of a stripped down, like, live EP. Mm. Uh, super acoustic kind of just like me and a guitar um right. is it like reminiscent like are you thinking reminiscent of like tiny desk covers that kind of that are a little you? bit yeah, yeah a little bit yeah um you know we it's it's hard because you you want to make music that that's true to you and that's true to how you feel at the time mm -hmm. right and you want to evoke these memories but you have to kind of think like, what do the people want? <laughs> um, I could really easily write a bunch of super sad folk songs and, you know, um, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I've sort of been, been struggling with, with what to do next, um, in that regard. So maybe it might be, it might be a very tender, very acoustic, 
uh, folky live EP. It might be um, a collection of more more heavily produced songs, obviously here, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, something. It'll be something. So I will I will do something. I've been a little bit. I noticed a lot of my, um, you know, singer songwriter colleagues have been really active during this time like I've seen a few people do like 30 day song challenges where like you write a song every day and I'm like oh my god how do you do that how do you do that it takes me like three months to solidify like one song that I I think is like fine and like you know refined enough for me to consider people hearing and you know I've seen people do a lot of um, Instagram lives which I've participated in a little bit but I don't know. I felt super, uh, I don't want to use the word unmotivated, but just like, I don't know, the world discouraged me, you know, so uh, I've been a little bit inactive, I guess. Um, So when I released that single, it was sort of like me forcing myself to do something different, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yes, going forward, I I may very well release a couple of singles and put them towards something bigger um, Mm -hmm. in the coming months. So, yeah. Cool. Um... Go ahead, Corinne. Do you also feel a little bit resistant to release music right now in a response to the pandemic because it's such a short, it's like such a moment in time that in three years, five years, it might not feel a little bit. As, you know what I'm trying to ask you? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, that's that's kind of how I felt with the with my first EP, I guess, mm-hmm. like. I had this release party planned and I mean a lot of people got robbed of a lot of important milestones Mm -hmm. over the past year and a half I guess at this point Uh, but I did have an EP release party plan I was going to play with a big band for the first time and and all this stuff and then I thought okay I'll postpone it I don't want to release anything during the pandemic I don't want to be tied sorry tied tied I don't want my music to be like tied to this moment in time right in any way just because it's just it was extremely anxiety inducing um Mm -hmm. and just like hard to navigate but uh I think at this point I've kind of just accepted like you need to if this pandemic has taught me anything it's to be a little bit more present I tend to look a little too far into the future and like try and anticipate what's going to happen. Um, it's, I, I think it's a control thing. Uh, <laughs> so at this point I feel a bit less um, hesitant about releasing music that's related to the, to the state of the world or to the pandemic or to um, anything that's, that's happened. I, a lot's happened. Um but yeah, I'm 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 okay with with it being reflective on this period of our lives. I think, right? That's interesting. I like I remember when the pandemic first happened, and there was a bunch of people, movies, um, musicians that like said their albums were going to be pushed back or movies were going to be pushed back. And with movies, it I mean it made sense because obviously certain movies are were designed to be released not on like a streaming platform and those contracts have to be negotiated, but through movie theaters. 
but with um musicians I like I remember being like oh it feels like I that like album should still be released because it feels like if anything we need music more than ever but I never really looked at it from the perspective of not wanting your music tied in with that moment in time especially those first couple months where we like had no idea we thought it was just going to be a couple weeks you know or a month or something like that oh. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night actually I was I remember I actually postponed the album release it was supposed to be in oh god when I don't even remember when I was going to do it I think I was going to release it in May and then I postponed it to August. And then after a certain point, I just, the venue and I totally stopped communicating because we were like, <laughs> nope, lost cause. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a conversation. We were like, this isn't going to happen. It was just sort of, let's just, let's not. Right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, what what can I say? You have to accept, we have to accept our reality, I guess. Totally. Of course. Yeah. Um, that first album, there is like, you work with like a, a big band. Like you said, you have strings, you have guitar, you have vocals, you have tons of instruments in your, in your music. Why, why did you decide to do that right off the bat? It just feels like a huge commitment to have like all of those instruments in that first album. And songwriting was process. A really big commitment. It was also not cheap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, you know, but um, this is going to sound really silly, but I just always envisioned my music sounding like Disney songs. <laughs> like, I just wanted everything to, I, I wanted everything to sound, I mean, you guys, you, you know, I have a performance background uh, that's like deeply rooted in a theater background. Yeah. So storytelling, right? Those are some of the first songs I wrote. So <clears throat> obviously, uh, your songwriting changes over time and it evolves, etc. So I'm not sure that I would do that now. Um, but in the moment, I was writing stuff that was, um, you know, storytelling was at the forefront of what I was doing. And I wanted this, the songs do build a little bit like, uh, you know, like a, like a musical theater song or hmm. like, um, it's colorful. Like it's, it's got way. a lot of color to it. Like in the voice Thank that are you. like very similar, like that are like have similar components to like what I would hear in like a, that's actually one of my questions in like a Broadway or musical theater standpoint. But I, I assumed it was because of your like theatrical background and that's like where Definitely. you <laughs> it, it was, it was. And I, and I think I'll always retain some of that in my songwriting. I am learning to make the songs a little shorter. <laughs> um, a couple of them are, are a little longer than maybe I, I would have planned. Um, they just don't feel as long when you're writing them. Like you just want there to be this huge build, you know, like, like a, like a standalone theater musical theater piece would be, you know, but uh, now that I've refined the skill set a little bit more, not that I think that any of that's bad, of course it's not bad, but um, I think I'm a, you know, I, I try and give myself a new challenge every time I write a song. Like when I was starting out, I would tell myself, change the meter in this song or, um, 
like use only power chords in the song or change key twice in the song, right? And now my challenges to myself are sort of be really direct, keep it at three minutes, you know, uh, or three and a half minutes or whatever. Um, you know, like with, with moving through the motions, it was sort of like, oh, I want to go minor in the bridge. I don't know. Like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess songwriting's always evolving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was super theatery. And I, like I said, I think I'll always have that, um, just a little, a uh, little more withdrawn, a little, right. a little more pulled back, I think. When you say you like wanted, you challenge yourself to like, you know, switch to power chords or um, I didn't, I'm not gonna be able to repeat the first two things you said, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no music, music. Anyway, was that because, is that something that often happens in in like a musical theater song or is that something that is like to do with um, like pop theory or wow, what? Such a good question. Um... I think some of it was stuff that happened in musical theater songs. And mm. I think the other thing was that I was self-conscious that people would think my songs were bad. Mm. Not challenging mm. enough. So, mm. which is so funny because now I look at it and I'm like, literally guys, every song is written. Every amazing song. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of them are written with the simplest chords, you know, and it's just right. about your lyrics and it's about your melody and it's about your delivery Right. Um, but at the time I was like, sort of like really trying to heavily immerse myself in the live music community, open mic community. And I was super self-conscious and I was like, oh, these guys are just going to think I'm some, you know, lame girl coming here with like mm -hmm. my four chords and I have to make them better. You know, I have, I want people to, to think that I can play. Right. So I think honestly, that was a huge part of it. I'm not mad about it. like I'm not bitter because it, it did teach me to 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 up my skill set a bit which I really have over time but I think that the, I, I think that the motive was definitely yeah um yeah a lack in confidence <laughs> yeah let's um I want to like let's jump into that like whole story I like really enjoyed yeah. reading it because it was oh, just written so beautifully as well as like I feel like when people send us their things it's like not written in like it that felt like it was like written in like speech form like you had said it before <laughs> and like I think I overanalyzed it <laughs> um so in your um for those that don't know when we when we talk to guests we actually um compile some information on them we ask them like a story or or something that you know, happen to them or, you know, something that they'd like to share. And um, Lauren, you had talked about when you were first kind of coming into all of these open mic nights in Toronto, um, open mic nights, sorry, um, in Toronto. <laughs> Did I say open mic night? Like, <laughs> um, night? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Toronto that it was a little bit challenging for you because it was such a boys club. Oh, yeah. It was wild. And it, the crazy thing too, which like, I'm weirdly, I don't, I don't like to admit it, but I'm mad at myself for, um, for not seeing it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just worshiped people far too much, um, who were not giving me that same respect and I didn't realize it. 
it was, again, like, you know, it, it was, I, it was an interesting time in my life. Um, I'm really happy that I spent so much time doing it because I learned a lot and I met a ton of people. Um, I met my partner on stage, you know, mm. um, so I'm grateful for it, but it was a boys club. Yeah. For lack of a better term, it was a boys club. So what would they, what would they do when you got to your, like what, what well, was the main so thing? Well, a lot that- of these open, I mean, it depends where you go, but a lot of the bigger open mics in the city, which I won't name, but, uh, you know, yeah. um, it's a very, it's, I mean, like anything, you know, it's, it's all politics and it's who, you know, and, uh, the rules, the rules I'm air quoting right now, (laughs) the rules are that you go and you sit around and, um, and you put yourself on the list. What they don't tell you is that there is a, a, a pre-wait list, wait list. So it's like the open mic starts at nine or 10, sorry. The sign up starts, (laughs) I know, the sign up starts at nine and ends at 9.15 and you must wait there from when the bar opens, be it 5.30 p.m., 6 p.m., and then you, they sign you up in order of whoever has shown up first to wait to be on the list. Whoa. So you're sitting there all fucking night trying? Yes. No wonder, like, alcoholism is, like, so prominent in the music industry. Oh, (laughs) 100%. Literally, 100%. What are you supposed to do at a bar for, like, six fucking hours? Well, I know. And it was crazy because then I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't want to have a drink because I'm so conscious about my voice. But, you know, you sit there and you sit. I mean, guys, at a, at a certain point, like, y- you get there at 530 and you don't play until midnight. Ugh. What the fuck? Right? And it's like. At the time, I was working a retail job, which which I loved. I was I'll I'll, I'll call them out. I was working at Sonic Boom at a record store. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, like you know, it was retail, not hospitality. So I made a little bit less money for more of my time, and I worked eight hour shifts, and I worked at nine o'clock. You know, a, a lot of mornings and. These open mics happened during the week on a, on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. So I would, you know, play at midnight. And then there was this, like, odd little dichotomy where, like, if you didn't stay until the end of the open mic, like, you weren't respectful or something. Oh, and that, you didn't and wait that for happened. everybody to play? Sorry? You, you wouldn't stay in, if you didn't stay and wait for everybody to play. Correct. Like okay. if you, if I played at midnight, you know, when people were still going on at twelve thirty one or two, it's like if you didn't stay there, it's like, well, fuck my drag, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you know, Lauren left, so <laughs> she doesn't care about <laughs> anybody, wow. right? So and, and I and I and 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 I like look, it was. 
it was unspoken, but it was the vibe was there. And so I stayed. Like I felt self-conscious, you know. I was like, I don't want these people to think I'm not supporting them, you know. Like I I tried really hard to listen anytime people played. Like I really didn't want to be that that girl that talked over any any artists or anything like that. So I I tried hard to listen and I tried hard to tell people that they they did a great job afterward. And I still do that because I I think that it's really like admirable for anyone to get up on stage and play a song, whether it's original or not. Like, you know, it's an admirable thing. Um, so I, I, I tried really, and I wanted to make friends and I wanted to like, you know, get to know these people because I felt like I could learn from them and, mm-hmm. uh, and just enjoy the camaraderie. Um, but yeah, so it was a very like, interesting I don't want to say bad but an interesting period in my life where I was out too much um (laughs) that's just I was out too much and I was spending too much money um Mm -hmm. and like yeah you start drinking you know and then you, you kind of feel crappy and whatever you know yeah yeah and then you if you're feeling crappy you're Sort of, I mean, when I, when I'm sleep deprived or like drink for too many days in a row, I, you know, I get anxious and then you start kind of overthinking like your craft and like how you've interacted with people, you know, um, I have no issue admitting that. So yeah, (laughs) but, uh, it, it, it was a boys club. Not every open mic was bad. Some of them were super chill and lots of fun and people were really like friendly and, um, but some of the bigger ones, uh, were, were a little unkind without knowing that they were unkind or without trying to be, I guess Um, it just, it sort of happened that way. Um, Yeah. And you stop, you talked specifically about like the hosts of the opening mic mic and the technician. So the technicians are the people that are like helping you set up your, your, your instruments is what I'm assuming and helping you connect to the sound system. Totally. And like balancing your levels and stuff um, while you're playing. Um, And this happened. So definitely uh, I will say, again, not gonna, I don't, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but definitely some of the hosts um, were more in favor of uh, getting up with a band and jamming (laughs) and sort of, uh, you know, they say a two song limit, but they don't give you a time limit. So if I get up and play two four minute songs and, you know, no one's listening, then the the host who's, a, you know, musician, bass player, guitar player, drummer, whatever, uh, will get up with the next band and jam with them. And they'll each play two 10 minute songs and they're each going to have a, you know, their own little improvisation on stage solo here solo there and then it's like hey the night's dragging on and there's (laughs) no structure here and what the heck Um, as far as sound text went again I don't want to generalize it wasn't all of them but I had uh this was particularly prominent um at gigs I played when I was starting out like I had one um this might this might seem stupid, but I, when I was starting out, I didn't know that you had to bring a patch cable uh, to your gigs. 
I just assumed that the venue had this. This was like in in the first three, four gigs I I played. Um, I did not understand that they will just book any artist if people are coming and paying for drinks. Like, who cares? Enjoy. I thought that you had to be at a certain, like, caliber for for them to, like, respect you enough or think you were good enough to book you in there, which to me now sounds so silly, but that's what I thought. Um, there was one venue um, in Kensington that I played a, a, a gig at, and I didn't bring a patch cable, and um, I went in there. I tried really hard to be super polite, nice to everybody. Uh, when you play the, when you book these venues, you know, some of them make you take, uh, like they, they make you pay for the, for the sound tech, if there's mm -hmm. a sound tech there, right. um, either way they're getting paid, whether you're paying them or the venues paying them, whatever. And I, I didn't bring a patch cable and he was like, what, what, what kind of a person doesn't bring a patch cable to their own gig? And this was a dude who was like, you know, some older white guy. <laughs> <laughs> He had a beard. He had a ponytail. Yeah, yeah, you know, he had the chains and the beard and just being being rude. Um, but you know, yeah, it it was it was a lot of it was a lot of that as well. Mm. So I I don't I get self conscious about thinking I'm like anyone, you know, like thinking you're not good enough or mm -hmm. like not smart enough or. Um, and when somebody says something like that to you, like it's an immediately, they're looking down on you. There's like, oh, they yeah. created a power dynamic in that 100%, moment. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I'm like, you wouldn't be saying this to me if I was, if I was a guy in here. Yeah. Or right. if I was taller than you, like, you or know, like, <laughs> like, you know, I just, they, I know they wouldn't be, yeah, you know, totally. So, um, that was hard. It was really hard and you have to really like. I'm not very good at, uh, at putting my foot down in general. Like I, I do kind of let people walk all over me a little bit. Um, I don't really like conflict. Uh, I try to just kind of like let people be. So I never said anything. Um, and I'm not even sure that I would now, like, how do you, what do you do? You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was like really challenging to navigate. And again, it was not everyone. It wasn't every venue. It wasn't every open mic. It wasn't, but it was a lot of them. Right. Yeah. How old were you when you first did your first open mic? Um, not young. Like I was, I didn't actually start playing songs live. I met the first open mic I did, I was 27. Okay. 27. Uh, I'm 31 now. Was there like a moment where like straw that broke the camel's back where you're like, wow, this is actually really fucking shitty. How did I not notice this before? There was, um, there had been, I, you know, I'll just say that there was a, a moment at one of them where there was some conflict and, um, the host got upset with us, with a group of us. Um, and he told us that we weren't allowed to come back and play or stand in the audience anymore. Um, what? <laughs> um, we, we didn't know we had done anything wrong. It was a very random thing. I won't get into it because it's so silly. Mm -hmm. But um, he said, you can't come back and play 
and I was like overly nice to this person. Um, I apologized and apologized and he threw insults at me and wow. told me I couldn't come watch my friends play and uh, when it came down to it, he actually forgave all the all the guys in the group. <clears throat> and there were three three women, myself and two two others. And uh, he wouldn't speak to us. And uh, we don't, I mean, now, you know, he's cordial or whatever, but uh, I couldn't tell you why, why that was. I really fucking, don't know. What a fucking douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a douchebag. Um, I wish him all the best, but uh, he, uh, he, it was, it was really amateur. I don't know what to say. Um trashed us on social media like wow yeah it was, child it was really weird um I think it was the fact that we we had we just kind of we sang a song that uh that he didn't know about we tried to surprise one of the other artists and um he wasn't in on the joke and uh I think it made him mad because you know he did a lot of like um, poking fun at artists while they're on stage kind of thing, like, because it's his open mic, so he can do that, you know? Um, and I wanted so badly to, like, be in on one of these in-jokes, and mm-hmm. finally I was, and and uh, I guess maybe he wasn't a part of it, and I think he just uh, acted like a big old baby. <laughs> yeah. Roasting people on stage? Oh, 100%. 100%. He was like, this is a comedy mic night, right? <laughs> I get to do whatever <laughs> I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Exactly what it was, ladies. That's exactly what it was. Um, but again, like I'll, I'll say it before. I'll say that I, I met a ton of friends during that process, and I yeah. met Alex during it. So I'm I'm not like bitter. I just I hope that people can use. I really hope that people have taken everything that's happened over the past year and a half to just like look inward and reevaluate their behavior and think about how what they're saying benefits their listener um and to just understand that like if anyone does anything or says anything like you don't know you don't know that person's life or what they're feeling or what what they're going through or or any of it you know Mm -hmm. like i i just really hope that 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 everyone is doing that and not just for like sexism and music but for anything you know for Mm -hmm. any type of like um civil rights that Mm-hmm. We're, we're pushed under the rug, you know? Totally. On that point, Lauren, I was actually going to ask, like, as an outsider looking in, um, and based on the stories like you've said, and based on, like, some stories that have been in the headlines in the past, like, few years involving, like, these big um, players in the music industry, like, you know, the Taylor Swift recordings, the Kesha, like, stuff. I think Demi Lovato has spoken out about, like, sexism in the industry. Um it's just like, it seems like the music industry hasn't been involving when it comes to like um, equal pay, um, you know, this boys club. And it's interesting because after the Me Too movement that like happened in 2016, 2017, it felt like a lot of the entertainment industry acting on, you know, other forms were really adjusting this. They were like making sure that wasn't appropriate anymore. A lot of people were coming out with like different stories um, and they like made a shift. They evolved because of the times, but it doesn't feel like the music industry is doing that. It's like really just like 
it's going to burn on its bridge in its boys club and it's okay with that. And I kind of, and I'm like very interested into like, why, like, do you have any theories about why this one specific industry doesn't want to evolve? Do you think that like, is there anything that has to do with it? Um, I mean, I, I don't know what I will say is that again, I'm not generalizing, but in my experience, um, I think that people view the voice as like not an instrument. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, having, uh, you know, a, um, an advanced skill set as far as like, uh, composition and guitar playing, you know, dexterity or piano playing or, or like jamming (laughs) jam bands. Um, I think that that is more praised than a singer, um, especially a female singer. Um, and I truly don't understand why, um, our bodies are our instrument and we've spent our, I mean, I've spent my whole life refining this instrument and I try and still, I try and instill that on any person I teach voice to. I'm like, don't let anyone ever tell you that this is not an instrument. Mm. Come to this lesson ready like you would have your instrument tuned or, you know, ready to go or, you know, you're seated properly, you're standing properly or whatever. Um, But yeah, I I do think that that's, for some reason, I I don't know why, I think that that's a large part of it. And, um, And I hate to say this because it is uh, such an important aspect of the music industry. Um, but I think that white people have taken jazz music and, um, and, and sort of just honed in on it as their own thing and used that as like the, I I think that the um, condescending behavior is heavily influenced by the jazz community, white people in the jazz community. (laughs) Um, Just because it's a super, um, and some people might like hate me for saying that. And I'm not saying like, look, a a lot of, a lot of what I do, you know, in my songwriting is jazz based. A lot of the music theory that I use to write songs is jazz based. Like it's an incredibly, it, it's it's a it's a wonderful genre of music and it's really beautiful and uh, you know but but I do think that there are some post secondary institutions <clears throat> all over the world um, that kind of churn out uh, white guys every year to to go into the world and like think that they're the cream of the crop you know mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, I don't know. People may hate me for saying that, but but it's true. Like I I don't want to downplay how wonderful it is. My my boyfriend's a jazz musician and he's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. right? But I mean even him, like he's caught himself being like, "Ooh, maybe I maybe that was you know, a little bit maybe that was condescending. Maybe I should have done this differently, right?" Mm-hmm. Um so I just think it's like I think it's a um what's the word? Uh, I think like it's a, it's this musical systemic thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. coming from a point of pride and just building on that. 
mm-hmm. over time. Um, mm-hmm. But I, in my experience, women who get up on stage and sing a song are not respected, even if it's a great song, mm-hmm. right? Even if it's even if it's catchy and written well and gets a lot of streams or makes a lot of money, like it's not a respected thing. Um, and I, I truly don't understand why that is. Um, yeah. It's but, so, yeah. It's an interesting connection to like the appropriation of jazz music, mm-hmm. which is a, in its roots as a black form. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's completely appropriated. And then to like connect that to the systematic problems in the music industry as a whole. It's, it's, it's a, mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. I, I agree. It's it's a uh, you know systemic racism and systemic sexism and mm-hmm. yeah I, I absolutely think that that's sort of like the the, the root of the cause. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm even like thinking of <laughs> like like you said like the music industry just like loves like turning out these like white men and yeah. I was just thinking about in terms of like people that have become that were like internet that are huge musicians now that were like internet sensations and the first thing that kind of came to my brain was like okay like Sean Mendez Justin Bieber both white boys who got their start on YouTube mm-hmm. and what do we have in the on the opposite side of that for women is Rebecca Black sure who, who got <laughs> who got roasted yeah but then I was like trying Sorry, to rack my was... brain but isn't that is like such a exact thing like Justin yeah. Bieber Sean Mendez over here Rebecca Black thank god it's Friday roasted like because right. when to, a like, woman writes a song it's stupid yeah <laughs> <laughs> how dare she write a song about the weekend how dare she? <laughs> I know um no that's that's a really good point it's especially hard I think with social media like you know, you both know, I don't know whether I'm supposed to, uh, you know, I'm trying to, um, I do think I've been better about this as I've gotten older, but you don't know whether you're supposed to wear a lot of clothing or a little clothing or fitted clothing or baggy clothing or a lot of makeup or a little makeup or be pretty or be pretty without trying or, (laughs) uh, you know, and even comments like, and I really don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to, um, to blame, uh, people, um, uh, men, women, or however they identify, um, for saying this, cause I know it comes from a place of kindness, but when you hear something like, I love a girl who doesn't wear makeup, it's like, well, am I, am I not supposed to wear makeup or do or, I, yeah. or did you know that there's so much makeup on my face? You just can't tell. Yeah. yeah. Or like, it's a photo. Exactly. Like, am I, yeah. am I, exactly, right? Or like, you know, do, do you know what natural makeup looks like? Like, do you, you know, like, yeah. do you, I, I don't know. It's just, so yeah, the whole aspect of the internet has definitely perpetuated all of this. Um, it's really hard. What can I say? It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you write a bunch of great songs, like you're not going to be. You're not gonna be famous. <laughs> not that I, not that that's you know, the not goal. that that's the end game for me, anyways. But um, you know, like you want those streams. I'm not gonna lie. 
You want them a little bit. You know, I want to get my four cents from Spotify, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. It makes you feel good when people appreciate what you do or people like love what you do, when people crave what you do. It makes you feel good. And I don't think that's a bad thing to feel that way. (laughs) Totally. Totally. But, you know, I appreciate you asking uh, such great questions about that, you know. Um, I by no means want to shit on anyone's community or generalize anyone or anything or any person. This is just my experience and sort of what I've observed over the, the um, you know, the years being immersed in this community and kind of knowing like where the red flags are, so to speak. Well, yeah, your experiences and the experience from what we like all read in the headlines every day, the experience of like every, almost every, you know, woman in the industry. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, there are, there are a lot of, uh, not just jazz music, a a lot of, uh, a lot of music forms that have been totally appropriated blues or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything that's, pretty much like any basis of songwriting has been mm-hmm. appropriated. Um, and I think that that's a huge part of the problem as well. Totally. It's, it's super similar to like dance. I find yeah. like, you know, yeah. dance is like a lot of, it's, it's the same thing. You know, people have like taken like hip hop and jazz and all these yeah. different forms. Yep. And because white people seem to think that they like have claimed ballet, they're like hanging on for dear life, that it's the only one that can make all the money, you know? No, nope, yeah. I, 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 understand. <laughs> I yeah. do. I, I know that you both get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, because you don't really want to shit on anybody or throw anyone <laughs> under the bus, Lauren. Um, if someone was like, let's pretend COVID's not a thing, and someone was wanting to go to an open mic as an audience member or as a musician, are there some that you think are safer for young women or would help them? Um, I don't know how to answer that because I don't know what's changed at Mm. this point, you know, like, totally, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Were there any that you had specifically very good experiences at? I think, okay, so in my experience, the open mics that I had the most fun at were the teeny tiny ones. There are a couple little um, Irish pubs on the Danforth that had open mics that uh, had a smaller audience. Um, you know, not a not a great PA system, um, <laughs> but um, you could get up there and sing a bunch of songs with your friends, and like no one cared, and you still right. had the experience of hearing yourself play live and like gaining confidence. Uh, for me anyways, it was really hard to play an instrument and sing. Like mm-hmm. even now, um, I, especially cause I'm like out of practice cause like pandemic, um, <laughs> like everything I do is fake. Like I record my voice and then like do the guitar separately. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend that that's not the case, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like getting up on stage and, and singing and playing, ch- it changes your voice entirely. You get nervous in a whole new kind of way. Your fingers don't work properly. So I think any any kind of smaller thing would be better if you're starting out. 
Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple places. Oh gosh, I don't even remember. One of them was the Black Swan. Um, my friend Claire. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> my friend Claire Hunter worked there. She's also an amazing uh, singer songwriter. Please check her out. Um, and uh, like we just had so much fun hanging out there. I think I I think I went too big too soon, guys. I think that was my my problem. Like I went on my first open mic. I went to. I just want to interrupt you for a second. No man would ever say that. It's so true. So don't it's say that about so yourself. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I I shouldn't have gone. You know, in such a big pool of. <laughs> but like I I truly I went to the biggest open mic in the city. Okay. And like the most popular one, the busiest one, with the biggest crowd and longest wait time, and that's what I did first. And it was good and bad. What can I say? But I I would recommend maybe easing into it a bit more, mm. having a bit more fun with it before so going out there and feeling like you're not playing for yourself. Like you're playing so that a bunch of people don't, you know, a bunch of dudes don't think you're bad and like, won't talk over you. What can I say? Like that was, you know, I would come home from work, run home, play the songs a bunch of times to make sure that they didn't sound bad or like my voice didn't sound bad. I was also real, I still am like really self-conscious about like my singing voice and I try and adjust it and whatever. Um, And then I'd like run to the bar. So like I barely ate, you know, it was so stupid like that you're like just drinking whiskey and beer probably (laughs) literally it i was drinking whiskey and beer i you know that's not taking care of yourself like who does that you know um but yeah i i was playing to uh to make sure everyone else thought i was good Mm -hmm. which like i again have no problem admitting i i it got to a point where i wasn't playing for myself it got to a point where i was playing the same songs over and over again because i got too self-conscious to write new ones and i was like oh they're not going to be good enough because they're brand new and i'm going to be too nervous playing them um and like people just didn't care no matter i i tried so hard and no one cared Mm -hmm. like it was just i mean alex cared (laughs) 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 but um you know yeah. I don't know. It's a weird experience. Grateful for it, of course. We're always, always learning, always growing. Yeah. Um, but such a bizarre period of my life. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. Was there a moment where, because you also have this like theater background and I know that you've done a few um, shows, like you did um, Putnam County Spelling Bee, Spelling Bee, is that right? Oh, the one at Hard House? Hedwig. Hedwig, sorry. But you've done a few. Was there ever a moment where you were, you know, doing these open mic nights? Open, oh my God, why can't I say that? <laughs> open mic nights. <laughs> um, and also performing musical theater or, you know, writing your own music and trying to create your AP and also perform a musical theater that you mm-hmm. found it difficult to switch between the two? Yes. Mm. Which is why I started doing more shows where I played an instrument, mm. which I really, really liked. Interesting. Um, Cause I, yes. Um, but you, you, I mean, you both I'm sure can understand, like you don't really know where you fit in, especially as a female, especially like in the um, arts community, right? Like 
what is your like what kind of dancer are you gonna be mm. right like right. where are you gonna try and fit yourself into and I think I tried I tried doing that so much and theater school doesn't help obviously like they make you sit in a room and like they tell you like they look at your freaking picture and they're like so the this the this is your hit I'm like what does that even mean like <laughs> yeah you know um so then you try and like I mean for me I, I tried to uh to sing in a certain way that made me sound more that made me sound like prettier or more girly mm -hmm. I guess mm -hmm. um and then I tried doing the opposite um and singing bigger and you know being funnier but that didn't really work either um <laughs> and because i'm not famous no i'm kidding um but um you get really like i feel like yeah there's a, there's something in the university that like goes with you where you get like typecasted or pigeonholed into being this like one version of yes. of what the industry wants you to be Yes. And that's another thing where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm the kind of person, at least in my youth, I'll say <laughs> where I, I would get into this like headspace where I would kind of just like, like worship people too much, you know? Mm. And the same thing happened at theater school. Um, and maybe you can both attest to this as well. Um, but like when you were at art school, but I mean, you get in there and you think that these teachers are God, like, yes. like you can't question what they're telling you. Uh, you can't do anything wrong because they're leading the industry. Um, and it's like, it, you really carry it with you. Like, I didn't realize that, um, at the time I didn't realize that until really recently actually like it's it's really not okay how much some of these institutions make you feel like you have no place um to be your own artist like but also be your own artist mm -hmm. totally you know yeah mm -hmm. i it's like this weird dichotomy of they're trying to like <clears throat> funnel you through a system to yeah. be the one version or the one you know thing that they think is a dancer a musician a singer yes. and because that's your only influence at the time or maybe a couple because you have a couple different professors mm -hmm. you think that what they say is right because they must be working right they're teaching they must be like forefront like industry people when yeah. most of the time the industry and the institutions are so detached from each other yes mm -hmm. yes it's exactly that but uh, you know you're living you're living in your own little bubble oh yes like 100%. and the same was said when i was gigging all over the place or playing a bunch of open mics like it, it was a bubble mm -hmm. yeah um and like you know i i, I mean i'm pisces so <laughs> i too. feel like i oh really yeah was your birthday february 27th Ooh, March 10th. Yeah. Oh, okay. Happy belated birthday, sort of. Do you do? <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, we have very chameleon-like personalities. Yes. Right? Where we make it work. Like, we fit in 
where where we make it work and somewhere along the way at least for me you kind of you lose these years of like developing yourself right so i'm mm -hmm. trying to figure that out now like where while... to draw the boundaries yes boundaries yeah boundaries are a big issue mm -hmm. you know? um so i hate i hate being isolated um Alex and I have been far too good this pandemic. Like we have seen no one. Uh, we've seen my parents. Um, and um, it's, I mean, it's, it's nice to not be alone, of course, but it's also, you know, it's shitty to not see anyone, but I'm trying to self reflect, mm -hmm. like just trying to like truly learn what I like, what I don't like, what my boundaries are, what my strengths are, and just like being okay with the fact that that's going to be like ever changing and I'm not going to be one thing. And, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, I hope that everyone, including people who are leading the industries and some in the dance world or in the theater world or whatever are also reflecting on how they can be better and more open to people. Mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some boundaries you're setting? Um, I think that I, uh, I don't ask questions enough. Mm -hmm. Like I think I get into this headspace where I'm just grateful people are talking to me or grateful people are giving me this job, or um, grateful people have asked me to sing somewhere and then don't ask for anything better, right? More money, or any money, or time off, or, um, you know, um, awareness of like mental health, or um, boundaries about, like sexism, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to think of myself as an emotional woman who's taking things too personally. If I feel like something's wrong, like there are ways to speak up if you feel like something's wrong and not just for myself, but for like anyone who I see being mistreated. Yep. Um, so I think that that's a really big thing. I think, I also, you know, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be a doormat, right? Like, I, I, I have to learn to communicate when it's too much. Anything, when anything's too much. I really hope I don't forget that. I'll be mad if I do, but. <laughs> well, I'll send you that clip for. Yeah. So you can play it for yourself. <laughs> I'll just like write a letter to my, who knows how old I'll be when this is done. Um, <laughs> like, going on 40 right now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like guys, I'm 40. Like, um, skip the year or yeah. skip to gen or a decade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. um yeah. 
on that note, Corinne, would you like to ask the question, my love? Yes. It's crazy to you're feeling crazy today no sorry i just said my hair is just no. like just crazy today <laughs> i love it um, it's great yeah. lauren is being an artist fucking killing you yes and no um <laughs> it did kill me but i'm rising from the ashes <laughs> it did kill me though i i it did yeah mm. i i got burnt out like burnt out in the sense that like the pandemic came at a good time burnt out or burnt out before that? I, I think, I think it came at a good time. Yeah. I can't believe what I was doing before this. I can't believe how much of my precious time was, was wasted or unpaid or um, how, how thin I was stretched um, for, you know, no reason for no reason. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I think no about reason. that all the time. Yeah. Like it seems so primitive now. Yeah. Right. Um, Let's normalize not doing that in the new when we are allowed to leave again. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm not I'm not someone who is inherently an optimist. Hmm. Um but uh you you have to try to be and look at what's positive about this experience and slowing down was necessary. Mm -hmm. It was just getting the little cuckoo bananas before. Yeah. Like, it was just uh, too many late nights, too many early mornings, too much of the day, uh, never home. Um, too many things, too many jobs, too many shows, too many students, just uh, not enough, not enough spaces for silence, right? Like, yeah. I think we're all going to be a little overstimulated when we can go out again, but um, I don't think that's bad. No, no. I had like two appointments last week in the same day. And by the time I got home, I was like, no one talked to me putting my headphones <laughs> in. I'm just going to sit on TikTok for a little bit. Yeah. I'm not Very answering that. my phone. Very that. No, it's, it's, I, that's actually a good point. I have two appointments <laughs> next week in the same day and I feel like I'm amping myself up <laughs> Like, I, I feel like I'm like, I have to mentally prepare this to happen. Yes. Like seeing people, you know, traveling, whatever. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. It's wild. Are, I, I mean, I, I, I can't speak for you guys, but I feel like you're in the same situation where it's like you did 20 things in a day, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's oh, yeah. not, that's not, um, that's not how people should live. No. And I just want to say, like, six months before the pandemic happened, I made a very strong statement that I was like, I only want to do one thing a day. <laughs> that's the type of, like, that's how I want to feel. I want to do one thing a day. I don't want to do this and then this and then this and then this. I want to do one thing. No, that's great. And I will say, let's normalize artists not having to do 20 things in a day oh, in order for people to view us as productive, mm -hmm. successful, right? Um, working or, right? Like, let's yep. all just get properly compensated for our time. Yes. Let's all just respect, you know, let, let, let's have a little more respect. I mean, the arts have kept people sane. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
during this time, right? Even though they haven't been allowed to operate and aren't deemed essential, everybody's consuming them on a mass of right. amount right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Drives me fucking nuts. I know. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Um, so I know you're, I know you're both with me. On that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren, for thank coming you. on today. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thank thanks for being a guest. Thanks for doing all of the things. Oh, yeah. No, thank you for allowing me to speak <clears throat> candidly, frankly, mm -hmm. um, and uh, to just be really open and receptive then for having me here. Like, you know, I, I, I love your podcast. So oh, uh, it's very you. cool. Yeah. Yay. Um, if people were looking to find your music or to find you, where would they go? Oh, well, uh, my entire music catalog is available on all streaming platforms. Um, you can just look up my name. I know there's a bunch of Lauren Mayers out there, but if you look up like Lauren Mayers Second Sight, which is the title of my EP, everything should come up. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren Mayer Music, on Facebook at Lauren Mayer Music. Um, even though I never post anything, um, my music's on TikTok. <laughs> so, yes. Make those viral bids. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I guess YouTube, Lauren Mayer Music. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. Um, Thank if you, you had, so much. Thank you. If you had anything, any questions about today's episode, if you wanted to say something about it, send us a DM, leave us a review, rate us, let us know what you think. Um, you can check us out anywhere you stalk your ex, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Patreon. <laughs> um, go to our Patreon. You can support us. Um, you know, it, even though we're online right now, this, you know, podcast has been going for almost the end of four seasons is coming up. And if you want us to keep going, head over to our Patreon and show us your support. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>